Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. The CBS Evening News, coming up next. Today's CBS Evening News podcast is sponsored by Oral-B Electric Toothbrushes. Oral-B's dentist-inspired brush head is designed to surround each tooth for a better clean than a manual brush. For a limited time only, use code CBSNews10 to receive 10% off your purchase at Oral-B.com. Breaking news tonight, hazmat emergency. A passenger plane making an emergency landing dumps more than 10,000 gallons of jet fuel over L.A., even hitting a school playground. Dozens now sickened. Nearly 100 firefighters and paramedics on the scene. Tonight, how dangerous could that fuel be? My eyes are itchy. Blown out of the sky, new video shows that doomed Ukrainian plane still in the air after being hit by a missile over Iran. Were passengers still alive before a second missile hit? The new arrest tonight and the growing anger in Iran. Going on trial, the Senate sets a date to start President Trump's impeachment trial. Could the president's closest aides now be forced to testify? At it again, the same Russian military unit that hacked into Hillary Clinton's campaign now accused of hitting the Ukrainian company at the center of the impeachment scandal. Were they digging for dirt on Joe Biden? Cash machines in Florida blown apart by thieves. The manhunt now on for the brazen burglars. Tonight, just how much money could they have stolen? Fearing vaccines. The new data on how Americans feel about getting vaccines that has doctors on edge. Streets of fire. Bruce Springsteen's son has a new job. Why he'll soon be fighting fires instead of singing smoldering ballads. And a World War II medic finally gets the recognition he earned at age 103. How he summoned the courage to save lives as bombs fell around him. 
This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, and thank you so much for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with breaking news out of Southern California. A Delta flight headed to China dumped more than 10,000 gallons of jet fuel over Los Angeles, sickening as many as 60 people, including school children. The plane had just taken off when an engine problem forced it to release its fuel and make an emergency landing. All of the passengers on board are safe, and a larger disaster was averted. But all of that fuel rained down on at least six schools, including on a playground. Danya Bacchus leads off our coverage tonight. We have approximately 20 children uh, complaining of irritation to the skin and uh, eyes. As emergency crews race to a Southern California elementary school, they feared the worst. We do have the smell of fuel in the area right now. Park Avenue Elementary is on the landing path to LAX. 89 Heavy, we have uh, engine compressor stalls on the right engine. We're requesting runway 25 right. A Delta Airlines 777 bound for Shanghai and loaded with fuel had just taken off when the pilot declared an emergency, circled to land, and on final approach, dumped fuel, some of it raining down on the school playground. I was so scared, so we just went inside. And then my eyes are itching. That can't be good, right? Video is believed to be that Delta flight as it neared LAX. The airline confirms the plane experienced an engine issue and had an emergency fuel release to reduce landing weight. We're just going to continue to do air monitoring all throughout this end of the night. The FAA is investigating this incident because there are special procedures for dumping fuel over a major city. Pilots can typically dump fuel over an ocean. However, the FAA says if an emergency arises, they should try to dump the fuel as far away from populated areas as possible. Nora? Danya, thank you. Tonight, new video has emerged showing two Iranian missiles striking a Ukrainian jetliner last week and killing all 176 people on board. And we're learning there was nearly 30 seconds between the first and second missile, and neither brought down the plane immediately. So imagine the frantic attempt by pilots to turn the plane around and land it. David Martin reports. The first anti-aircraft missile can be seen streaking right to left across the screen. It explodes next to the plane, almost certainly piercing the fuselage with shrapnel. A loud noise, possibly warhead debris coming through the skin of the aircraft, utter confusion on the airplane, the sensation of the pilot struggling to keep the thing airborne. 30 seconds elapse before a second missile is fired. Passenger jets are large airplanes. After that first missile hit, the operator in the surface-to-air missile site was not certain that he had brought down the airplane and fired the second missile. After the second one explodes, the sky goes dark until a faint glow emerges as the burning aircraft tries to make it back to the airport. Then a fireball which doomed any chance of survival. Once that fuel on that aircraft, which is taking off and is loaded with fuel, um, when that fuel detonates, it's going to be a very bright explosion. You can only imagine what the people on the plane were going through, a thought that will torment Hamed Isamalian whose wife and daughter were on board for the rest of his life. What were they thinking about at the very last moment? I, I can't answer that question. Iran today announced arrest for what was apparently a horrendous mistake by the missile operators. But perhaps the biggest mistake was the failure to close Iranian airspace to commercial traffic at a time when air defenses were on high alert. Nora? Seems inexcusable. David, thank you. 
Four weeks after they voted to impeach President Trump, the House is set to send articles of impeachment to the Senate. And a trial is likely to begin a week from today. Chief Justice John Roberts will preside. Nancy Cordes has new information tonight from Capitol Hill. A 28-day delay comes to an end tomorrow when House Speaker Nancy Pelosi releases the articles of impeachment without securing the assurances her party sought. We're in better shape than we were a few weeks ago, but there's no certainties here at all. Democrats have been pushing for new testimony in the Senate trial to come. I would have wanted to have a clear indication that there will be witnesses, especially with people like John Bolton saying that they would testify. The articles will be hand-delivered to the Senate, as they were before the Clinton impeachment trial, by a set of House impeachment managers, who will then serve as prosecutors in the Senate trial. We need witnesses. Opening statements alone could last for weeks, with senators serving as silent jurors for hours every afternoon. I expect to drink a lot of coffee and not a heavy lunch. You know what I'm saying? A small group of Senate Republicans wants to hear from witnesses, too, and they could force the hand of Senate leader Mitch McConnell. We're going to vote on that at the appropriate time after we listen to the argument. And would the White House be able to block those witnesses? Fifty-one senators will decide who to call. After that, who knows who will employ what kind of legal devices? I have no idea. And Nancy joins us from Capitol Hill with some news just coming in tonight. And Nancy, I understand the House Intelligence Committee has just uncovered some new evidence. Yes, House investigators are releasing a trove of texts, notes, and other documents that they recently obtained from Lev Parnas. He is an associate of the president's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, and he says that he was involved in this pressure campaign in Ukraine. Some of these documents suggest that they were even having the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine followed. Democrats acknowledge that Parnas himself has some credibility issues. Nora. All right, Nancy, thank you. The impeachment, of course, is centered on allegations that the president pressured Ukraine for information on Joe Biden and his son, Hunter. Well, tonight we're learning details about a new Russian hacking effort into a Ukrainian gas company. Jeff Begay's reports the timing of the hack is especially important. The report says Russian military hackers targeted Burisma, the firm where Joe Biden's son, Hunter, served on the board. It is the same company President Trump wanted investigated. Hunter, you're a loser. Why did you get $1.5 billion, Hunter? The breach came just as talk of impeachment intensified on Capitol Hill. The hackers tricked some of Burisma's employees into handing over their login credentials and got into one of the company's servers. The hackers barraged the company with phishing attacks. When it's your job uh, to hack uh, organizations uh, on behalf of your government, um, you're never going to stop. Nora O'Donnell asked the former vice president on 60 Minutes about the likelihood he'd be the target in 2020. The Russians are targeting you. The Russians don't want me to be president and Trump doesn't want me me to be the nominee. (laughs) U.S. intelligence officials have warned that the Russians would again meddle in the presidential election. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. 
In 2016, they stole and released thousands of documents and emails from Hillary Clinton's campaign. The Russians wouldn't pick this uh, company out of the blue. You know, Jim Lewis consults for the U.S. government on cybersecurity. They're looking for stuff they can use later on. Um, and it depends who ends up being the Democratic nominee. And Jeff joins us. These phishing emails, have others been targeted? Area One, the cybersecurity company, says several top candidates over the last several months have received about a 1,000 phishing emails, of the kinds of emails that look for your credentials, passwords, or try to insert malware. All right, Jeff Begays, thank you. News of the Burisma hack comes as Joe Biden and five rivals are set to square off tonight in the last debate before the Iowa caucuses. And the stakes are high. The last four Democratic caucus winners have gone on to win the party's nomination. Ed O'Keefe is in Des Moines. Responding to the apparent Russian hacking, Joe Biden's campaign said it proves that both Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin understand the true stakes of this election. And a new ad Biden is airing today in Iowa calls out the president's continued focus on him. He's got Joe Biden on his mind. Polling consistently shows voters believe Biden is best positioned to defeat Mr. Trump in the general election. And that has other Democratic candidates and Republicans trying to raise doubts about the former vice president. Bernie Sanders has been engaged in a feud with Elizabeth Warren, but he tweeted today that he doesn't think Biden's record will bring forth the energy Democrats need to defeat the president. At the Capitol, Republican House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy uh, argued that Biden will have an unfair uh, advantage over Sanders and other senators running for president once the impeachment trial gets underway. The only rightful thing of Joe Biden is to make a pledge not to campaign, but Bernie Sanders cannot. Warren said yesterday that Sanders once told her he didn't think a woman could be elected president. Now her campaign is asking supporters to back off Sanders and focus instead on the moderates in the race, including Joe Biden. But perhaps the question for tonight's debate is whether Warren will do the same. Nora? I bet there'll be a dust-up. All right, Ed, thank you. In Florida tonight, a manhunt is underway for a bomber targeting bank cash machines. Police tonight are on alert, worried that an innocent person could be hurt or killed while visiting an ATM. Chris Van Cleve reports tonight from Tampa. The third time was the payday for this brazen bombing bandit blowing up ATMs in the dark of night. Early Sunday morning, this masked man, who police believe is behind the robberies, spray-painted over the security cameras outside this region's bank near Tampa before strapping a bomb to the drive-up ATM and blowing open its money-filled vault. This is extremely worrisome. Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Cronister. What was different this time from the other two that allowed him to, to actually walk away with money? I think that this individual is inexperienced, and he's been playing with this recipe and played with it enough to be successful enough to access the safe within the ATM. The same man may be responsible for two other early morning ATM bombings since November. In both, security cameras were spray-painted before the drive-up ATMs were blown up. But the bad guy left empty-handed, failing to blast his way to the cash. Investigators think the suspect and his potential accomplice may have targeted that same region's branch before. The bank's cameras were spray-painted over in July and again in September. And in December, a fourth area bank had its cameras tagged. The sheriff won't say how much was in that ATM, but we know from other ATM crimes, bad guys have made off with up to $200,000. Tonight, the FBI and ATF have joined the hunt for the bomber. Nora? All right, uh, Chris, thank you. 
Tonight, the vaccination debate rages on in this country, even though we know vaccinations are safe and necessary. Lawmakers in New Jersey failed to pass a bill that would have eliminated religious exemptions for school-required vaccinations. And a new poll shows support for vaccinations has dropped 10 percent in the U.S. over the past two decades. Meg Oliver now on what's driving the decline. New Jersey is the latest state fighting over vaccination requirements for children to attend public school. On Monday, thousands protested a bill that would eliminate religious exemptions. Lisa DeRogotis has never vaccinated her three children. I feel like this is a fascist overreach of the government and taking away religious and medical freedoms. The new poll shows a 20-year drop in vaccine support among all age groups, the steepest, ages 30 to 49, at 12 percent. But 86 percent of Americans say vaccines are not more dangerous than the diseases they prevent. Dr. Peter Hotez is an infectious disease specialist. We're seeing a decline uh, because of a rise in anti-vaccine misinformation coupled with uh, political activities. Five states have banned non-medical exemptions, including New York, which eliminated its religious exemption last year after measles outbreaks that started in 2018. Public health officials say vaccine rates need to stay high, above 90 percent, to protect those who can't be vaccinated, babies and those who are immune compromised. Until we step up our level of advocacy and take down the fake information, the measles epidemics that we saw in 2019 are going to become a new normal in America. The World Health Organization called skepticism about vaccines one of the top 10 global health threats in 2019. At a summit last month, they said more doctor training is needed to address concerns from the public. Nora. An education campaign. Meg, thank you. The Duchess of Sussex was spotted today in Canada one day after the Queen gave the OK for Harry and Meghan to quit the royal family. But tonight the plan may have hit a stumbling block. Mark Phillips reports from London. A hooded figure boarding a seaplane, said by a British newspaper to be the first glimpse of Meghan since her return to Canada, where she and Harry intend to reboot their lives. Their plans have now been approved at the royal summit attended by the Queen, but nobody, not even Canada's Prime Minister, seems to know exactly how those plans will work. I think uh, most Canadians are very supportive of, of having, uh, having you know, royals be here, but uh, how that looks and what kind of costs is involved, there's still lots of discussions. As if they needed another problem, the couple's court case against another British newspaper just got uglier. Meghan claims publishing a private letter to her estranged father was intrusion. The newspaper is now fighting back, filing documents saying that as a public figure, she's open to scrutiny. The couple's fractious relationship with the press is one of the reasons they say they want out. And now there are reports that Meghan and Harry have flown their two dogs out to Canada. In royal circles, Nora, that's a serious statement of intent. All right, Mark, thank you. Sam Springsteen, the youngest son of legendary rocker Bruce, was sworn in today as a Jersey City firefighter. Seems he was born to run toward danger. The boss's son, who's 26, has served as a volunteer since 2014. Bruce's song, Into the Fire, was inspired by the firefighters who died on 9-11. 
More than 75 years after he showed remarkable courage on the battlefield, a Massachusetts man has finally received the recognition he earned. Like many in the greatest generation, he's uncomfortable being called a hero. Don Daler introduces us. Peter Fantasia has spent his 103 years thinking of himself as an ordinary American, just living a good life. He was the one you went to. He was the one that helped out the neighbors. But Fantasia proved anything but ordinary one terrifying night in France when the young army medic was crouching in his foxhole as German artillery shells burst all around him. God says, Peter, do the job. So my feet kicked me the hell out of my hole. I went from one hole here, he gave him medicine, a shot, bandages. We don't know how many lives he saved that night. We do know the next day the Germans captured him. He spent the next six months as a POW. Didn't make any big deal about no, it. No, still doesn't. Deal. Still doesn't. The family was surprised to learn that in addition to a silver star for valor, Fantasia was entitled to eight other medals that he'd never received. What he did in his life before us, it's it's... Breathtaking. Peter, do you want me to, to pin these on you? Or? So last Monday, after more than seven decades, technician third grade Peter Fantasia was finally given the honors he deserves. Thank you again. He still doesn't know what all the fuss is about. God took care of me, he made me do the job, that's it. <laughs> but his kids say, if you ask this father, grandfather, great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather what he's proudest of, it's one thing. The family. Mm-hmm. The family. Us. Don Daler, CBS News, Reading, Massachusetts. We can never give our veterans enough, and Peter turns 104 next month. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, we're going to take you to the establishment just named the top place to eat in the U.S., and guess what? It is not a four-star restaurant. That's the only hint we'll give you. With those pictures, of course. You gotta watch tomorrow. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com/slash survey. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.